0: the lone wolf, the maverick, the rebel, the eccentric, the nonconformist. What do they all have in common? Supposedly, they did it all by themselves. There's a song, if you Google, um, if you Google the, the words lonely or lonely road, you'll come up with a song that says, I walk a lonely road and I walk alone. I think it's from the song Boulevard of Broken Dreams. But we have this myth, especially in the West, especially in America, that, and, and, we, and we lift up, we lift up people who supposedly, you know, pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. The self made woman, you know, who didn't have anything, wasn't, you know, and just, and, and, then, and then became a super entrepreneur or, st- or started some sort of business or did something that was just amazing, and they did it all on their own. Well, I mean, it's not just it's not a myth. myths often have truth in them it's a lie. it's a lie. We, we are not alone. We don't do anything on our own. and but our minds. Our minds can sort of show us, tell us, make us feel like we are alone, make us feel like we're isolated, that we're out there. And that's one of the reasons why we often don't do, we often don't do things that would separate us from other people is because we're afraid of being alone. And yet we have this myth of the maverick and the loner and the lone wolf and and all of that 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 says that we're supposed to be that success is a lonely road that it it's all done on your own. And we can even think about Jesus that way sometimes like that that he was out there on his own, this singular person just sort of carving the path, doing all these things all by himself. But that's a lie too. It's not biblical. Jesus didn't come and just start presiding, you know, walk, walking around the land, just touching people on the head and healing people, like you know, like some sort of carnival act. He didn't just stand out on some precipice, you know, or on some soapbox with his, you know, with with scripture in his hand and and just start berating people with it. He drew around him a community, a group of people to share that message with, and to share the journey with. He showed us what it means to be people who love one another, people who live out the will and the, and, and the hope of God. We don't do that on our own. We do that in community. We do that by coming alongside of other people. So much so that in this, what we call the farewell discourse in the Gospel of John, that the big thing is that he's comforting those disciples. They're in the room, we believe, together. It's Passover, it's Jesus' last Passover with them. Um, And and he starts talking to them and has been sort of giving hints that he's going away. And then in this in this farewell discourse, he really begins to to make that more clear to them. You know, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be handed over. They're going to kill me. And then I'm going to be raised on the third day. Well, of course, they never got past. They're going to kill me. And so they feel this that, you know, they're going to be separated from him. And they're, I'm sure they're very afraid of what's, of what's going to happen. I mean, the Messiah was supposed to come as this sort of, in, in a sense, this lone wolf to come and, and, and knock out the Romans, push them aside, set up, set up again the rightful worship of God in the temple, do all those things. The Messiah wasn't supposed to die. The anointed one was supposed to come and reign. And so they're confused and hurting And Jesus, in that farewell discourse, is is comforting them. And you heard part of that last week about about how Jesus talks about, I'm going to be one with you. And then he goes on this week, and, and Taylor read that, you know, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, Another word that, that is the, the word that is translated there is in Greek is is how we would say it is paraclete. And what it means is someone who comes alongside of. Someone who comes alongside of. It often gets translated comforter. Someone who comes alongside of. We know that what Jesus is talking about is the Spirit. This is the Spirit of truth, Jesus says whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he abides with you and the Spirit will be in you. That Jesus has come not to necessarily be in front of us, but to walk alongside of us. And even as he goes away, he says, I'm going to ask the Father and the Father's going to leave our spirit with you to walk alongside of you. You will never be alone. The Spirit will be in you. The Spirit will be with you. The Spirit will guide you. The Spirit will challenge you, but will always walk with you. And so then he begins to, he goes on from there and you know, he says, I will not leave you orphaned. One of those most powerful things that ever happened um, to me as a young pastor was I was at a I was visiting a family um, after their mother had died, and there were three children and they were they were all adults probably probably in their fifties by that time maybe even up up to their sixties Their parents had lived to be quite a nice old age and and um, but the father had died previously and the mother had just died and and we're talking about this service and we're talking about memories and we're you know, doing things like that and. And at one point, the brother turns to his two sisters and says, we're orphans. We're orphans. And that was a really powerful moment. I still tear up a little bit just thinking about the power of that phrase. I'd never never thought about it. If we live long enough, probably all of us will be orphaned at some point in time. Our parents will precede us in death. But Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you, orphan. I'm leaving the spirit with you. To be with you, to be in you, to walk beside you. And not only that, not only that, my command to you is that you love one another as I have loved you, which means that we then become, be, begin to become one with each other. We walk beside each other. There's a great mystic that, ta- that writes about the journey and writes about it that, you know, everyone has their own particular journey. Some people will walk it with you, but the journey is yours. And I'm going to say that when I finally realized that, yes, the journey is mine, but it's so much better when there are people who are walking it with me. When I realized that I could reach out to people, to ask them to partner with me in the journey that I'm walking, and then I'm also walking with them on theirs that there is a power that is beyond just one plus one when we come together to walk together on our journey. Whatever that is. We see the power of that, especially, I mean, it's, it's so, much, so clearly demonstrated in a congregation like ours when, when someone has some difficulty and we say, well, what can we do? I mean, just this week... You know, our, our brother Roscoe has a very serious surgery and everybody's saying, what, what can we do? What can we do? And, and the family says, you know, it's really hard for us to get food ready. Could you, could you make meals? Boom, done. I mean, all of a sudden, we're walking together in a very powerful way on this journey. We might not be able to be in the hospital. We might not be able to to, go to the house. But we're there because we extend ourselves and walk alongside that family in this journey that they're on right now. Not knowing where that leads, but together in that journey. It's a beautiful thing. And the world doesn't necessarily teach us to do that. The world continues to, to give us this myth of, of, of the lone successful person, of you've got to be out there on their own, you've got to push ahead, you've got to separate yourself, you've got to be different. And maybe some of that's true, but you know what? There are people who want to join you on that journey. There are people who want to support you in what you're doing, if what you're doing is serving others and, and, and moving forward the world, into a better place and a better way. And Jesus invites us on that journey of becoming one with each other, of walking alongside each other. The Spirit is really the one who helps form our presence in the world. Because it is the very Spirit of God that resides in us, and partners with us as we move forward. And so sometimes that spirit is... is going to work in us in ways that we're not expecting. Mm-hmm. It's going to call us to do things that we might not think that we're at all equipped to do. And it's going to call us to say yes to those things. To stretch beyond our capabilities to trust in the Spirit of God, to do things that are well beyond this, what we think our scope and our power is. And that's the beauty, then, of being in a community that partners with each other, because together we can do so much more than we can do individually. And don't get me wrong, I mean, loving one another starts, it starts with ourselves, it starts with coming to a point where we, where we love ourselves so much that we have something to give away. And then it starts in our homes with those primary relationships. If we aren't continually learning and growing and seeking to, to love those who, who we are with every day, it's going to be pretty hard to love somebody who, who we don't even know. If we aren't working on those primary relationships... Then we need to dig in there first to ask God to partner with us. How do I become a better friend? How do I become a better partner? How do I become a better wife? How do I become a better husband? And don't just ask God, ask the other person. You know, what do I need to do if there are things I need to do in order to do that? Who do I need to become? What, what things in me do I need to face in order to overcome? What do I need to let go of? And then it extends into this, into what we do every day on a daily basis. Because, you know, 60%, I talk about this a lot, 60% of people are not engaged at work. 60% of people are not engaged at work. Let me say that one more time. 60% of people are not engaged at work. Work to them is just, I mean, it is, it is mind-numbing, it's boring. They don't feel respected or wanted or needed in those positions. They just feel like they're occupying a place. And, and how long do we spend there every day? What if you, even if you weren't all that engaged at work at this point, what if you took it as a challenge to figure out how to love the people that you work with? How do I become a better coworker, a better partner in this business, a better teammate? How do I do that? And maybe not just ask God, ask them. And then, of course, in the community, in the community, and especially in the community of faith, we are always asking, or at least I feel like we're always asking, how can we love our neighbor? how can we love our neighbor literally the neighbor that lives in that house the neighbor that lives you know on the east end the west end the south side north side outstate whatever how do we love our neighbor How do we, as a community that is following Jesus and seeks to follow his command to love one another as he has loved us, how do we then follow his command to love our neighbors as ourselves? It starts right here. It starts right in our homes. It starts right in our work. It starts right in our own community. But then we get so filled up by sharing that love that it just it begins to overflow because we want to do more we see the power of it happening and it's not easy and clean just in this congregation, you know, as a, as a matter of fact, we've opened up our facility to serve others that aren't part of this community. I mean, part of our worshiping community. We've opened it up to serve others that are, that are part of the community. And, and you've heard me talk about this before many times. You know, we have um, 10 or 12, 12 step groups that meet here. And so people are coming and they're seeking to stay sober or to... Get clean, or whatever language it is that they want to do to, be, to learn to become better. But it's not easier, or clean, or messy because, you know, I mean, people are people. Uh, recently, some of those folks have, have been leaving the, the cigarette things out, they've been leaving lots of trash in front of, the, in front of the building. Well, when you love people, you also call them to partner with you in that. Right? So, we're going to leave a nice note that says, please. Take your trash with you if you can't throw it in a trash can. We're going to partner with them to help them understand how important it is that they help us, because it's not just a one-way street. We're not just giving them space to do whatever they want. It's a partnership, right? That's the hard work of love. I mean, the hard work of love is when, when you got to, when, you're, when you say to your spouse, "Hey, um, we need to work on us." We need to. This needs to be better for me. How can I make it better for you? When in the in the, in the in the church community, when we look at each other and we say, you know, we could we could we could do more, or even the harder or even the harder conversation, we should do less, so we can do better. But it all begins with this promise. I will not leave you orphaned. I will send the Spirit to you, and that Spirit will shape and form you in such a way that you will begin to become one with each other in the community, to work together, to be together on the journey, and that then in me you can do amazing things. And so on this day, whatever it is, whatever it is that, that this has caused you to think about, if it's, if, it's, if, it's in that, if it's in that primary relationship in your home that you need to, to work on, then, you know, may God's Spirit embolden you in that, encourage you in that. If it's at your work, then may God's Spirit go with you as you seek to be a better coworker, a better leader, a better manager, what, whatever it is. If it's in the church community, may God embolden you with God's spirit to to ask hard questions, but also be willing to give of yourself even more. And as we think about that in our church community, may God's spirit embolden us to say no to the things we need to say no to, to say yes to the things we need to say yes to, and to partner with this community to show them the love and the hope and the grace of Christ that has been given to us. And remember always that Jesus told you, I will never leave you orphan." Amen.